This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. I consider Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to be my arch nemesis. Even though I say this, I know we have one thing in common. That is, we both have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. For Grandpa Joe, that's because he is a bad person. For me, it's because I sleep on a mattress made by Novilla, today's sponsor. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Like I said, I personally sleep on a Novilla mattress, and it has done wonders for me. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress today. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. A reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. And what is going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome to yet another fantastic episode. Cancel Schweezy, episode 72. I can't believe we've done 72 episodes. Does the number 72 have any significance in my life? No, not at all. Um, I was like, I was like thinking in my head, what year were my parents born? And it was not 1972. Uh, but no, welcome to the show today. I'm just uh, here. Uh, bringing you everything exciting that's been going on in the week and uh, also other things. There's a lot we have to go over today. Um, and uh, it's like I'm trying I'm trying to stay in like this hour and a half, like trying to stay hour and a half on everything. It's just sometimes I just talk too much. And uh, yes, I was one of those kids who got told at parent-teacher conferences. Both my parents are teachers, so... They're going to a parent-teacher conference. Like, my senior year, I was taking, like, four music classes. There's eight, eight, eight classes in a school day in my school. So, four. I was taking four music classes. Uh, and then I had to take English. And then I had to take this weird computer class. Uh, one sem- well, this is, like, one semester. So, I had to take an English class. For some reason, they made you take English four years. And then, like, a computer science class. And let's keep in mind, uh, during this semester... Uh, so I had two classes with the band teacher, two classes with the choir teacher, uh, one of the, yeah, one of the choir classes, I think I was just her student assistant or something like that, and then the English class, and then the computer class, so my band director and then the, the English teacher I actually did have, I took like, like concepts of English or something like that, and even the teacher told me, I was at church, I'm like, you know, I'm taking your class, I'll have you in, as a teacher this semester, and he's like, I don't. And it was like a dumb people. I was like, I'm not trying this year. And he's like, I don't think you might not be the appropriate student for this class. Like the teacher told me that and uh, stuff like that. So my parents like knew like two of my teachers already had. And so it was, it was pretty funny. Some funny shit right there. Um, anyways, though, um, 
what was I getting into? Anyways, though, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, it's like you just ran, you were just ran, I ramble with. Oh, yeah, I was talking about how they talk too much in school. Uh, not in high school. I guess they, uh, I was cool in high school. All my teachers liked me. I think, what teachers did not like me? There was one, there was a math teacher my junior year. I was like sick for a week and she wouldn't help me my assignments or whatever. That was a, that was a lot of bullshit. Um, uh, most teachers didn't care. Uh, anyways, though, let's just move on to the show. This, this, this is Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's Trademark favorite podcast. So uh, the Lord Trademark loves this show, and you will too. If you're new to the show today, you will absolutely love what we're doing here over on Cancel Sweezy. This is also the podcast that will question why, when Arthur the Aardvark was listening to music, why was it on his cheeks instead of his ears? I'm the only one willing to question that. Uh, that's how it happens when someone tells me that, hey, you should listen to my band, and I'm like, I will, and it's going to be on my cheeks. Uh, and uh, if this is how you're listening to this podcast, I will speak louder, and uh, I will. we will have problems. So welcome welcome to the show today. Uh, <laughs> I always start off the show, and I go on rants, and then I say, well, welcome to the show today. I realize the problems I do. And I'm continuing to try and fix them. So thank you for the thank you for those of you who are still sticking around uh, on this show. Uh, it's easier when you're listening when you're on YouTube. I'm like not as many cool visuals here because it takes because I like to have a fast turnaround on the show and Georgia audience is audio only. So I just try to you know I try to I try to help everyone. Um, anyways though, go check out my music anywhere you stream music: Spotify, Apple, Tidal, Deezer, Amazon, YouTube, wherever you're getting your music at. I'll be there. Oh, God, saying my keyboard is low, uh, meaning at some point I will have to switch out the rechargeable batteries, but not today. So go check out my music everywhere. I try to make music. I'm working on writing new music right now. So uh, if I'm writing new music, that means you have to listen to the old music before the old music or the, the the current music becomes old music. And you don't want to be uncool. You want to check out that music while it's still popular. So go check that out. You can also follow me on social media everywhere. I am at the Shweezy everywhere. I see people leaving me comments and saying shit about the show, and they're not following me. So if you're not following me, uh, you are being a stingy motherfucker. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And uh, you don't want to be stingy, do you? You don't want me to tell your mom... Uh, that you're stingy and that her bed is uncomfortable and she should get a Novilla mattress where you can get 10% off using our promo code Shweezy. Uh, yeah, so you better be following me on social media or else we're trying to trying to get we're trying to get places. Uh, it's weird though. I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking about like goals I'm trying to get. It's like uh, my social media goals are not involved. I'm like those should be somewhat involved. Anyways, though, you should go check that out. Um, I also stream video games over on Twitch. That's at twitch.tv slash the shweezy. Um, Thursdays, I always stream something, uh, unless I'm sick or an emergency comes up, which there could possibly be something. I don't think I'm allowed to tell anyone what's going on yet. I think I mentioned that last week that something is going on in my personal life that's not me, but also involves someone else. Uh, it's not me personally, but involves someone else, so I can't really be uh, jibber-jabbering all over the internet about it. Uh, but no, I do stream on Thursdays, so go check me out there. I started Mario Sunshine. Yeah, that's the game. Start Mario and Sunshine over on Twitch. Someone joined the chat, and uh, they were a professional speedrunner of Mario Sunshine. Like, wow, this must be your first time, because you're playing terribly. And uh, 
it's not about how, even though I am the best Fortnite and Smash Brothers player, uh, I'm not the best at every other games. I can't be the GOAT at everything. And so sometimes I have to suck dick. Um, or suck clitoris. I like to say, let's... Because saying suck dick, we, yeah, I know, we talk about like sucking dick as if it's a bad thing. I'm like, I don't know. We should stop that. And I was almost going to say suck clitoris, but that sounds like I'd rather suck clitoris than suck dick. But then when you say suck dick, it makes it negative. And I feel like women, men are more enthusiastic about eating, about girls sitting on their face than uh, uh, women are about sucking dick. So we got to get women more psyched up about sucking dick. That's a goal that we need to make on this podcast today. Women, get excited about sucking dick. And if you have an Amazon Prime account already, uh, which I know a majority of people in this world do, why is Jeff Bezos so rich? If that's not the case, you get an Am- you get Twitch Prime that's free with your Amazon Prime account. And to explain that to you, subscribing to a creator on Twitch is different than other platforms where... Uh, following someone on Twitch is free, but a subscribe or subs, as a lot of people call them, is a financial way to support a creator over on Twitch. And, uh, you get one free sub, which is really around like $5. Um, and so if you don't use it, that means Jeff Bezos gets an extra $5 a month and you don't want that. That's a waste of your money. And we're not going to line Jeff Bezos's pocket to go to outer space with William Shatner, then to try to get him to drink alcohol, even though he's, uh, he used to be a pretty bad alcoholic and, uh, he needs to not do that. No one, no one told Jeff Bezos. Um, anyways though, so go check that out. Go hit us a subscribe, uh, use your Twitch prime account to help us out there. Uh, If you also want to financially support us, there's always our Patreon that you can go and support. Just had a burp. Um, that's a great way to say thank you for being a friend and financially support us and help us do what we need to do. Do the do, as Mountain Dew would say. Um, and yeah, but there's also the free shit you can do, which I will be going over. If you're watching our show on YouTube, this means you're watching our full episode. Make sure you hit that like button, uh, hit the subscribe button, and leave us a comment on uh, all your thoughts. We do post highlights of this show frequently. And with the highlights, the main purpose of the highlights is that way you don't have to, for some people who aren't interested in listening, who aren't really podcast people, but they do want to check out what this show is about and just at least get a little bit, just a little taste of what we're trying to do here. We're at Cancel Sweezy. That's what the highlights are for, for people to watch that. And also, you know, if you have a friend who you want to get into this show, we all, I know there's someone in your life who would love this show. And the purpose of the highlights is to give them a little taste of what this show could be, and you send that to them, and they can listen to it, and then they start supporting Daddy Sweezy. And that's the whole purpose of it. And obviously, if you're an audio-only listener, what you have is uh, you can always uh, press that subscribe button that way you get notified. That way your commutes to work or your your jaw that you hate, but you get to listen to something while you work and podcasting is part of that, you get that as well. So you, you want to take advantage of this and leave us a a five, four, three, two, one star review on all of that. So, uh, mainly what I'm trying to tell you is come on, Mark, don't be stingy. So don't be stingy and, uh, share us with your friends. Um, anyways, though, I think that's all I have to say on that. So let's get into the news or better known to all of you as previous week right now. What is previous week right now? You may be asking yourself, well, previous week right now, is the news that I, I, every week I scour through the news. I look at every, I've read every news article 
that has ever been published in the previous week. And right now, we will be going over a couple articles that I think are the most important in regards to uh, what has been going on in over the previous week. And some of you are kind of probably wondering, you're calling this previous week right now? What is, how did you get the name? Well, obviously we're going over uh, the previous week and we're going over it right now. So that's how you get that. What? So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, as Phil DeFranco would say. Let's just jump into it. Okay, so... This is from ABC7 Denver. Uh, It was not a crime. Denver man faces felony after city accuses him of making pickleball court without permission. A 71-year-old Denver man is facing a felony charge after city officials say he made a pickleball court without permission. With prosecution on the table, some believe the punishment doesn't fit the crime. The whole pickleball community is really saddened and shocked, said Jan Devor, a friend of 71-year-old Ars... Arslan Gooney and fellow pickleball player. Gooney and other use a basketball court at Denver Central Park Recreation Center for pickleball. Last Monday, the markings on the court had faded, so Gooney remarked them with a Sharpie. Three days later, an arrest warrant for felony criminal mischief was issued for Gooney. The court document also claims $10,000 in damages. $10,000 fucking dollars. That's not. Gooney also received an email notifying him his Denver Parks and Recreation membership has been suspended indefinitely. The game, oop, some millennials just lost something, a mix of tennis, racquetball, and ping pong is one of Gooney, one Gooney has played for years, according to close friends. Devor says she and others are appalled, shocked, and saddened by the situation. He is what we call the mayor of pickleball, Devor said. He is an expert player himself, but always takes time to slow down his game to teach others to play the play with people of any ability. I have 40 letters that have been given to me that I am submitting to the lawyer that attests to his kindness and his generosity. He has written a letter to Denver Parks and Recreation apologizing. Uh, Devor went to say her friend was devastated by the ordeal. According to her and others in the pickleball community, apologies have not been enough. Now Gooney is represented by Holland Hoskins, an attorney who happened to be a pickleball player herself. This community is willing to remove the marks, hire a contractor to do it safely, to apologize to volunteers with the community. But this is outrageous, Hoskins said. Denver Parks and Recreation declined to sit down for an interview with Denver 7. Instead, they provided a statement. It is our duty and responsibility to the citizens of Denver to protect city assets and public property. Defacing or damaging public property is unacceptable. A criminal offense will not be tolerated in any of our public buildings or spaces. Law enforcement is aware of the damage and the incident is being investigated. Pickleball play was temporarily suspended to assess the damage and related repairs. A spokesperson added pickleball play was has since resumed. Hoskins says she is now trying to get the arrest warrant turned into a court summons so Gooney can avoid jail time. The community wants answers, but we, again, we want to sit down and work this out. Reach a resolution, Hoskins said. This is an incredible misunderstanding and a mistake. It was not a crime. The court should be stayed for real criminal matters, not for matters like this, Divorce said. Gooney turned himself in on Thursday morning. His attorney, Holland Hoskins, said the district attorney agrees to a personal recognizance bond for Gooney around 3.30 p.m. Thursday. Hoskins and Gooney would be released in six to eight hours from then if the court proceedings are functioning as normal. So, we gotta think here. Um, whoever was the person who was mad 
about a fucking 71, was it 71 year old Arslan Gooney? Um, I was be like, that's a, I was going to say that's a dumb name, but he could uh, have foreign parents. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention that. I don't know this guy. Uh, and also no one, un- unless he chose that name, I, I don't know. Um, so he's marking, so, okay, so to sum this up for the dumbasses out there, um, which is me, I'm kind of rereading this, um, he remarked some of the lines with Sharpie, just so, because they faded, and then they're making a big fucking deal about this, look, okay, I don't know what fucking Karen is in charge of this place, but you need to fucking, uh, clean the sand out of your goddamn vagina, and realize that they did, they really did nothing wrong. Like, it's it's like, they're trying to do, like, a quick fix on something just to make sure that, like, they can get, they can play the game. Because, like, they need those lines, obviously, for the game, but they're so faded that they can't do it. So he's, like, marking it with a Sharpie to try and help them. And, like, this is the one time I'm, like, on a boomer side. I don't even know who who's on this other side of this. This Denver Central Parks and Recreation Center? Isn't weed legal in California? Colorado, why don't you fucking smoke some weed and calm your goddamn fucking tits about this? There's real fucking problems in this world, and you're gonna try to, like, sue this guy for fucking vandalism? This wasn't vandalism. This was him fucking doing your goddamn fucking job and trying to maintain this fucking pickleball court. Like, you're supposed to do a good job at maintaining things, make sure things don't fucking fall apart. This is what taxpayer money goes into in regards to what you're doing here, and you're probably just spending it on goddamn stupid fucking shit all the time. And I don't know, I'm like... This is this is such a waste of time. I mean, the only charge you have him on is vandalism, and then you're going to have to prove he was vandalizing something or that you were wasting taxpayer dollars not maintaining a pickleball court. I mean, th- that's the situation we're in here. Um, what the fuck is up your ass? And you need to goddamn you need to figure your shit out. I mean, like, I'm on I'm on Ars- Arslan, and like I'm I hate saying that I'm on a guy named Arslan's side on this. Uh, I hope this lawyer takes you to fucking town. I mean, that's what taxpayer money's gonna do. Maybe give them a good payout for all the shit that you're pulling. Maybe they can build a good pickleball court and make you go out of fucking business. Uh, that's all I have to say. Like, goddamn, there's real fucking problems going on in the world. First of all, like, yeah, like they're saying here, like, they're, you're trying to use court, like, take someone to court, and that, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that belongs to real criminals, not this fucking guy who's trying to, like, help out jobs that you're supposed to be doing maintaining this pickleball court. Like, this is, I mean, this is public property, and, like, he's damaging public, no, he's not, this is technically not damaging public property, this is maintaining public property. It's like, you know, let's, let's say, you know, when you go to a tenant's court and stuff like that, like, you see it's all wrapped up or broken down or whatever, and someone, like, goes in and fixes it, is that damaging? They're not damaging the property. They're fixing the property. Damaging and fixing are two totally different things. And I, for some reason, got mad at this. I thought this was a funny title. And I just, now I'm upset. Uh, here we go. It was not a crime. To, I just saw it was not a crime. And I'm like, D-Phase or whatever. Okay, we're, we're done with this. This isn't even going to be a highlight. Why do I keep going on about this? All right, here we go. I'm going to drink this Diet Coke from McDonald's, not sponsored. McDonald's drinks are always, like, a little spicy, if you know what I'm saying. Um, this is from Variety. This is the this is the article that we've all been waiting for. This is what what you came to this show to see, my opinions on this, this what's going on here. 
Will Smith smacks Chris Rock at Oscar stage after Jada Pickens Smith joke uh, from Variety, like I said. Chris Rock and Will Smith had an altercation during the 2022 Oscar telecast. Rock appeared on stage to present the Oscar for documentary feature and made a joke about Jada Pickens Smith being in G.I. Jane because of her shaved head. Smith then took the stage to slap Rock. Although it appeared to be a joke at first, Smith returned to his seat and yelled at Rock, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Many in the Oscars audience appeared stunned at the altercation. Diddy was the next presenter during the ceremony where he appeared to introduce the 50th anniversary celebration to the godfather diddy addressed the situation by saying will and chris we're going to solve this like family right now we we're moving on with love everybody makes some noise smith's publicist meredith o'sullivan came by at the commercial break to have a discussion also during the break denzel washington got up to speak to smith privately smith revealed during his best actor speech that washington said to him at your highest moment be careful that's when the devil comes for you sullivan continued to visit smith during each commercial break following the incident oscars producer will packer also visited smith before the best actor category was announced smith was nominated for his performance in king richard and won the oscar later in the ceremony Richard Williams was a fierce defender of his family, Smith said during his speech. He later apologized to the Academy and his fellow nominees for his actions. Pinkett Smith announced last year she shaved her head after struggling with alopecia. The actor said in an Instagram post, Now, at this point, I can only laugh. Y'all know I've been struggling with alopecia just all of a sudden one day. It just showed up like that. Now, <clears throat> this is going to be a little bit more difficult for me to hide, so... Thought I'd just share it so y'all not asking any questions. Mama's gonna have to take it down to the scalp so nobody thinks she's got brain surgery or something. Me and this alopecia are going to be friends, period. Rock ended up awarding the documentary Oscar to Questlove for Summer of Soul, asked in the Oscar press about room about Smith smacking Rock. Questlove said, I'm not talking about that. This is about the Harlem Cultural Festival. Variety has reached out to ABC for further comment on the Smith-Rock incident. So... There's a lot of a lot of things that are going on here that we all have to keep in mind. So, um, obviously, the alopecia thing, um, yeah, that's a big thing. And so, a lot of people are going to be on the side of Will and Jada, obviously, for saying that, uh, oh, she was struggling with alopecia. That's not cool for Chris Rock to joke about. We also have to realize Chris Rock was hired to host the Oscars, and he is a comedian. So, when he's up there making jokes, stuff like that. He's not aiming to be serious. He's joking around. He's not actually making jokes. You know, he's not trying to hurt people. He's just having fun, joking around. That's you know, the comedian. They hired a comedian to do a comedian's job, and he did what a comedian is doing. And he's, uh, you know, oh, it's a room work or whatever they call it. So he's doing that and stuff like that. And so obviously Will Smith was not happy about it. You know, just give him a one, one slap, and sat down and keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. So, you know, and people people are talking about, hey, it was it's never a good idea to, you know, physically harm someone and stuff like that. And for the most part with that statement, I do agree. However, I'm also in situations where, you know, you have friends who get a little cocky and they need to be taught down. So you punch them once or whatever. And then uh, they shut the fuck up. And, you know, it's just that. Some, with guys, I know there's one thing that you just, you know, Someone's really annoying you. Just give them one swift punch, and then the, then it's over. You're no longer mad at each other and stuff like that. You know, you just get it out. He's like, you, you get if you're the one on the punching end, you're like, okay, let's stop joking about that. And then when you're on the other end, it's like, okay, got it out. We're good and keep it clean. Um, you know, 
I mean, that's the situation. That's the that's the thing we have to think about here. That it was only one. If he kept going, like then I'd have a real problem, no matter the situation. It was just kind of a one hit thing. So, you know, it, it's it's a weird situation. You know, um, you know, and you're like, what if my kids were watching? First of all, no one's watching the Oscars. All the oh, the only thing the Oscars is is a bunch of people in Hollywood sniffing their own asses. That's all the Oscars are. Um, I mean, the only people who I like know who watch the Oscars are people who enjoy award shows. No one else is like, if you're a movie fan, maybe. But, uh, like, none of the movies I like got nominated for Oscars. I'm like, couldn't tell you, like, was it the the best picture was Coda? I never watched that shit. I'm not going to watch that shit. Um, The ones I know are nominated, like, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, Eyes of Tame and Faye. If we talk about it on this show, then I watched it. That's, I mean, that's that's pretty clear. Um, That's not, like, that's not hard to figure out. But no, I think, um, I don't know if anything legal is going to happen. I know they're both, both black men. So obviously police and legal stuff could be, it's going to be different from what white people do. Uh, but no, I think, you know, I, I think, you know, in, in regards to how it happened, obviously assaulting someone is not a good idea, but this was like a one-time thing that happened. The thing got pulled across, um, you know, as a comedian, you kind of got to know there's a risk. There's a risk that could happen when you're a comedian. Like, if you're going to talk shit about someone, at least on a professional level, like, you know stuff like that's going to happen. I can't even imagine that that's, like, the first time that's ever happened to Chris Rock. Like, he was kind of smiling and joking around while it happened. He wasn't scared. He was just laughing or whatever. I mean, it's there's it's such a complicated situation. I don't know where we go with this. And I guess that's what I have to say. Okay, next article. Machine Gun Kelly throws shade at other pop-punk bands and says his accolades are deserved. I earned that shit. Love him or hate him, the ultimate Slipknot nemesis, Machine Gun Kelly, is no doubt successful. 2020's pop-punk reinvention uh, tickets to my downfall with a star-studded affair that still sells a ton of copies each week, relatively speaking, compared to the time before streaming. The mainstream saw his words, not ours, is literally the title of his upcoming album, is also one of the biggest names at Lollapalooza later this year. As Machine Gun Kelly recently told Billboard in a cover story this week, he decided that it was the right time to throw shade at other pop-punk bands who might be envious of his success, saying, I know it kills certain bands in that community that I got the success that I got, but I earned that shit. I was fucking loaded up the van with our drums and amps in 2010, driving to Indiana and Chicago playing Warp Tour. I can tell you the fucking Wi-Fi codes to venues in Blackfoot, Idaho. Can you say that shit as a band? Of course not. He didn't stop there when discussing videos that have popped up lately of himself failing on guitar while playing live, he also had to say, fuck that, at least mine sounds like how I was feeling that day. Maybe I was feeling angry or I was drunk and I didn't give a fuck. But if I have to be a scapegoat for people's own insecurities, whatever, I'm more punk rock than you are because at least I'm willing to put my ass on the line. Like, hear me as I am today. Machine Gun Kelly managed to say all of these things despite his stints on Vans Warped Tour playing a large part in his current success, apparently believing that all publicity is good publicity Sure, his upcoming album will probably move a lot of first-week copies, but considering that his inclusion on several of 2021's rock and metal lineups wasn't received well, especially by Slipknot fans, for obvious reasons, it, it sure seems like MGK is increasingly choosing to alienate himself from the scene that helped him give him a platform. This is always an interesting topic, because I've been listening to, I think it came out Friday, the, the Friday before, and this is Monday, 
uh, when I'm recording this, comes out Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying uh, Mainstream Sellout. I think it's a really great album. I think there's two little Wayne features, and I think his first feature on Drug Dealer Girl is way better than his feature on A. I don't know what A is kind of, I don't even think that one's as good of a song, but I'm going to say, I'm like, this is probably going to be one of my favorite albums this year. And when we get to the final episode of the year, we do our my favorite albums of 2022. I think Mainstream South's like probably going to make the list. So a little spoiler alert. This is foreshadowing, as they say. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, when you, when people are saying that MGK's success isn't deserved, um, I mean, I like his music. I like his last two albums. I don't really care for anything before that, but uh, saying that his success isn't deserved, like he's been around... 2010 maybe a little bit earlier than that around that time like 2010 and he's been at it ever since and like i didn't hear him i didn't know who mgk was until uh the song he did with uh camilla cabello it was like am i out of my head am i out of my mind um i didn't know him until that and i think that was like a couple years ago uh and that's when i finally heard of who he was and he was in bird box and shit like that um so, I mean, so I didn't hear him until then. And if he's been around since 2010, it means he's been working hard since then, regardless of what genre. And people are like, oh, he switched genre after Eminem dissed him. Like, he's probably thinking about doing a make a pop punk record since he met, like, Travis Travis Barker. So I think people need to calm their tits on that. Um, you know, here, here's the thing, too. Uh, if you don't like his music, you should probably keep his name, as Will Smith would say, keep his name out of your fucking mouth. So that's a, that's a, good, a good little lesson for all of you here. Um, if that's a problem, uh, but to say his success isn't deserved, like, it's not like he, he just started in 2020 and just got his success because like he got lucky and started dating Megan Fox or some shit. No, he totally deserves his, deserves any fame he got. And he's working with Travis Barker. Like if to, for Travis Barker to be like, I want to work with you too. And like, this is the second album he's worked with Travis Barker. And if he's going in a situation like that, Travis Barker clearly sees something in him. Uh, it's just the idea of saying that. And, you know, he, he made some like dig at Slipknot. He's like, well, I don't wear a fucking stupid mask on stage. They're all wear costumes or whatever. He just shows up with his guitar or whatever and plays, Uh, you know, it's just kind of annoying. And, you know, uh, he's probably not the greatest guitar player in the world, but, uh, I don't think he's trying to be the lead guitarist in his own music. So I think you got to keep that in mind. Um, you know, someone who general, I like his music, but I don't know if I like him or not. I haven't heard of him. I have some friends who, who know him and they kind of, well, who are like at least knew him a couple of years ago, kind of said he was a fucking dumbass. But uh, but to say his music, to say his music in that situation is total bullshit. So you know he he did earn everything he's getting today, and I don't think in his career that you should be talking. And the more you talk about him, the more popular he's going to get. So uh, if you maybe you should keep his name in your mouth, so then he's going to get more popular. That's how music works. In our last article for the day, Supreme Court won't hear appeal of Nova Scotians' man's grab-her license plate. Atlantic CTV News, Ottawa, a Nova Scotian man, long fight to get back a personalized license plate bearing his surname, grab-her, came to an abrupt end Thursday as the Supreme Court of Canada declined to hear an appeal of his case. As is customary, the court did not give reason for its decision in denying Lauren Grab-her, grab-her, 
grab her, leave to appeal. Grabber's defense team had maintained that a previous Nova Scotia Supreme Court ruling violated his right to freedom of expression. We are disappointed with the decision, said Grabber's lawyer, Jay Cameron of the Justice Center of Constitutional Freedom. Cameron said there was no evidence whatsoever that Grabber's license plate had caused harm to anyone in the community at large. He pointed out that the surname of is of Austrian-German origin. In order to make his name mean anything, you had to anglicize his name and add words to it, which is what the government has done, and then it has censored them. Cameron said in an interview, I think that there is still a problem with the way that the law is being interpreted here. He pointed out that a grabber plate is currently in use in Alberta while he was in Manitoba. Court had previously ruled that the charter doesn't, uh, does apply to personalized license plate. Grabber was not immediately available for common Thursday. His Nova Scotia plate, which has had for nearly 30 years was recalled by the province's register of motor vehicles in December 2016 after received a complaint that the word promoted hatred towards women. He first took, took the matter up to the court in 2017, arguing the register's decision violated his charter's right to equality and freedom of expression. The case came before the country's top court after the Nova Scotia Court of Appeals unanimously ruled last August that the trial was right to conclude that Grabber's license plate was not an area to which freedom of expression applied. Writing on behalf of the three judge appeal panels, Justice Cindy A. Bourgeois, also her last name is Bourgeois, I, I think that's how you say it, also noted that the license plate could in fact be interpreted as a call to gender-based violence. In Cameron's submission to the Supreme Court, he argued that the in question to be settled by an appeal was whether government-owned personalized license plate should be excluded from the scope of Charter of Rights and Freedoms Guaranteed of Freedom of Thought, Belief, Opinion, and Expression. Grabber's case was not the first license plate to be taken on by the Alberta-based Justice Center. In June 2020, the center successfully got the Alberta Register of Motor Vehicles to reverse decision denying Thomas Manasek his personalized free AB license plate. It also won a case involving a Manitoba indigenous man who wanted a NDN car plate returned. Another court challenge uh, against Manitoba Public Insurance proved unsuccessful after it had revoked the ASIMILA assimilate, oh, it's assimilate plate of an avid Star Trek fan because of a complaint that it was offensive to indigenous people. I don't know what to think about this. I remember it, it's a fucking license plate. Um, and to be honest, though, I always feel weird. I don't want to put, like, my name or my last name on a license plate because I don't want people to know, people in public, to know anything about me unless it's about this show. Besides that, or my music. I'll go stream it anywhere. Um, like that. So, I don't know. Um, I get, I kind of get both sides here. I don't know what to think. So you all have to tell me what you think then. That's how this works. Did you know that 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten? I did, and I don't think that is very cash money considering $218 billion is the exact dollar amount being thrown away. But now I know you're asking yourself, what can I do to help? Well, today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to solve that problem. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable 
and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In moments I'm stingy with my diet, I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here's the best part. When you sign up using the link in the description, you get an $80 credit. Holy guacamole from the avocados you can get from Imperfect Food. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Help stop food waste and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. You all know that I'm built different, but I bet you are coming to me to learn how to be built different as well. The only way to be built different is to get yourself some supplements from today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Okay, folks, so today I am trying out a new segment, hoping you all will enjoy the words I, I, I say in the segment. <laughs> I did not have this planned out properly, apparently. Anyways, though, so last week in our uh, advice section of the show, uh, we had a question that was basically, how do you make a girl laugh? And obviously, I'm the funniest man alive, so there's no way I can teach someone to just be me, to be exactly like me. So we had to go to WikiHow to answer question this question. So I thought that was a fun enough segment that we could... Try and do it again on a WikiHow. And so, therefore, I'm bringing this uh, article today. We are going to learn to it. And before I go into anything, I have to apparently say about WikiHow, um, I don't think WikiHow is stupid. Actually, some of the articles are, like, really helpful. Like, I have been helped by a WikiHow article. Do I have any examples right now? No. But uh, I will... Uh, I will say they have been helpful. Uh, the thing with WikiHow, though, is they are on a quest to teach you how to do everything or anything. And uh, in that quest, we, be, we come across some nonsense every now and then. And uh, that's where people in entertainment like me come in. Uh, so let's, get, let's jump into it. Uh, so today's article from WikiHow, to learn, let's learn how. How to listen to music. We're not going to read the paragraphs because that sounds boring as shit. Uh, does anyone actually do that on a WikiHow article? I don't. Um, anyways, though, so let's get right into it. Um, method one, finding new music. Ask friends and family you trust to suggest music for you. If you don't know where to start getting into music. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that, I mean, that's helpful. You have friends and stuff like that. It's like, you're listening to sometimes like if you're in the car with someone and they start playing something uh, that is a really good time to be like what band is this and then you do that and then you hop on your spotify or youtube like just say like your friend is listening to shweezy you can go check out shweezy on spotify or apple music or title or deezer 
or wherever you get your music from. You know, that's a great way to do it. Um, another thing I do want to say is like, if you do like one band and you want music similar to that, uh, Apple Music and Spotify, those are the only two I've really tried out the music services. Uh, currently still on Apple Music. Uh, what I can say is they have bands similar to said artists, and and I'm not going to say that they're complete carbon copies of said band, but they are good into the genre. So when I get to into like an, I'm going to explore new music and listen to music I don't do listen to. I go to like the similar, and I'm like I think I've heard this band's name, and then you listen to like their top song and stuff like that. So I, that's a good idea too. Uh, just another suggestion I would give onto. Uh, that along with this um to input your favorite bands into internet apps and search for someone who's like i just said this i'm a genius we all i mean i have i'm obviously if you're listening to the show you know i'm probably one of the smartest people uh you listen to on podcast platforms or watch on podcast platforms whichever floats your boat pandora creates unique stations yeah so yeah pandora is pretty good for that um I don't really give a shit about Pandora. Uh, they've denied me because I don't sound like anyone else. And I'm like, I guess that's a good problem to have because my music, I try not to sound like everyone else. But uh, yeah, Google Music finds too. Don't use Google Music. Spotify, yeah, that's literally what I just said. I was like, well, here's another idea what you can do. And uh, yeah, they, they're reading my mind. I wonder if they're going to read my mind. Next one, I don't know how to, I don't know what to say on the next, uh, what's, what are we doing next? Uh, three. See bands performing live and give the warm-up acts a chance. That is a good sign. Uh, people are like, well, there's no new bands. And I'm like, well, you show up to the show right when the band you want to see is performing. Uh, it is good to see warm-up acts a lot of times uh, because the, the, the idea of the warm-up act is typically the main headliner is taking them on tour with them because they think a similar artist would like them. And so they're good as warm-up and you like them, you can listen to them. That's why I discovered I discovered artists like a Mink. She's terrific. She opened for Kevin Garrett a couple of years back. And that was one that was a really great show. And big Mink fan now because that's why if you stay for the headliners or the openers, so you give them a chance. It's a great way to, you know, discover new music. And that's what the headliner's for. Like if you like them, you like them. Yeah. Shit. Number four, know where to find free music. Uh yeah, like I guess they have a, a SoundCloud up here. Um, yeah, find free music. I mean, free music. I mean, if you already have a Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal or, you know, one of those subscriptions, I wouldn't necessarily say you need free music. You need to find free music. Like, you need to to go on SoundCloud or whatever. Uh, But, yeah, if you just kind of always just browse your, uh, you know, the music streaming services, I think that's a great way to help discover new music. Um. Number five, listen to genres that are new to you that you want to understand better. Uh, yeah, that's where I think Spotify does beat out Apple Music on because their playlists on Spotify are ten times better than the ones on Apple Music. I try to listen to those. I'm like, so there's no email playlist, and it's like email music I don't know anyone listens to. So, yeah, it was really weird. I'm like, ah, Spotify has better email music, <laughs> email playlists or whatever. Uh and then number six, I love this picture of this guy. Uh, if you if you haven't seen it, look at this picture of this guy. <laughs> He's just listening to headphones. Uh, stand true to the personal preference and habits you enjoy when listening to music. Uh, yeah, it's true. Don't you know if you yeah listen to something you're like yeah I'm not really into this. I'm not really into this. And you find something that speaks to you. Uh, that's a good sign of something you definitely will will enjoy listening to. That's a good that's a good thing. Method two. So 
Riley on the second method, listening and discussing music intelligently. Oh, here we go. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I have a bachelor's degree in music. I started piano when I was like six, so I've been basically playing music my entire life, uh, and I can discuss music intelligently, uh, though I like to not discuss, make intelligent conversation with dumbasses. Uh, recognize the listen to repetition and variation, melody and harmony. I don't think that's necessary to just enjoy music. Like, are you trying to enjoy music or are you trying to, like, learn music? That's a different thing, uh, what they're trying to say. Think carefully about the tone, mood, feel of music. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's not how to listen to music. I don't know. Whatever. Listen in for specific instruments. Nothing the part of, okay. That's fun to listen to. You know, like, oh, I never listened to, hear that before. I think it was a, something you discover on like a second listen or something like that. That can be really exciting uh, for you to check out. So, I mean, that's not a bad, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, that picture. Think about the song's movement or progression. Does the song end in the same or a similar place as where it started? Or does it tell a story moving in, okay. Okay. You just have to enjoy it. Search for any crucial outside context about the track. Uh, build up your musical concentration for longer pieces. Uh, listening to an Ellington piece, I guess. Okay. And that's it. So, um, yeah, that first part was really good. Just like it helps you find new music. That was, really, that was a really good thing to say. Uh, other than that, the second part's for like if you're trying to study music and have intelligent conversations with it, which I don't think most people need to have. And not a lot of conversations I get into because I'm, I know I'm going to speak to a lot of dumbasses. So that's that fact. Okay. And so other than that, this week, uh, I want to talk about some things I've been watching. One is Joe versus Carol over on Peacock. Uh, I'm making an educated guess here right now that none of you knew this series existed or was out. Uh, Thinking about Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, their long-going feud. Uh, so I'm guessing it was on Peacock. Came out on Peacock. Guaranteed none of you listening to this have Peacock. I have Peacock with ads because came free with my phone plan. And that's why I have Peacock. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, Tiger King, you know, beginning of this pandemic. Uh, very popular. Very popular stuff. Uh... But uh, I don't even know if talking about it is really helping this this show or channel at all. Um, but I'm going to talk about it anyways because I watched and was interested in uh, kind of everything that was really going on. I don't think they did like a lot of marketing for this show either. Uh, it was just it's just a it was just a very weird like it was just there like you know I saw I was watching like Frasier I guess on Peacock and. And I just saw, like, an ad for this only on Peacock. I was like, oh, I need to check that out. And, uh, yeah, therefore I did. That's how, that's how things like that work. What? Uh, yeah. Um, so, and they have a lot of good actors in it. Like, just for example, just looking here, I just, like, wrote down a couple. Uh, Kate McKinnon plays Carol Baskin. And, you know, she, I mean, I, I don't know if she played Carol in, like, an SNL skit or not. But she played Carol really well. Uh, except you were kind of, like... Are we going into an SNL skit? Just because I've like the majority of anyone has seen her on is uh is like an SL, SNL skit. Uh, Dean Winters as Jeff Lowe. He's always playing like some weird, intimidating character in TV shows, and uh, now he's playing Jeff Lowe, which 
with the the makeup department made him look perfect. I'm like, I was thinking like he's probably a little too skinny to play Jeff Lowe, and maybe he put on the pounds for it. I don't know. Kyle McLaughlin played Howard Baskin, and I'm like, he's too cool to play Howard Baskin, but uh, he pulled it off. Over you're watching, I'm like he's cooler than Howard Baskin. And the last one that really surprised me, Nat Wolf played Travis Maldonado. Now I know he's done a lot of things, uh, but I know him from. Uh, the Naked Brothers Band on Nickelodeon. Uh, I'll never forget that he did that, and I will remember that for the rest of my life. He can't run away from that, Nat Wolf. You will never run away from the Naked Brothers Band, not as I'm alive. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so basically, the show is like the is like. I mean, if you watch the documentary, you know everything that happens in this this show. It's like nothing is going to be new to you. It's I mean. I mean, they at least told a, a version of the story that you are familiar with from the docuseries over on Netflix. Now this is on Peacock. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's basically formatted as the rivalry between Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. And it kind of just starts where they started. Like, the first episode starts with, uh, like, some animal rights protester. It says, I'm with Big Cat Rescue, and then... Everything like that starts from there, and it's where Joe learns about Carol Baskin and uh, starts talking about her and started did the Big Cat Entertainment website, and so the lawsuit starts and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, so one of the biggest takeaways I get from this show is the fact that uh, I have to say that it looks like a Perry, like you're watching a TV show, like a fake TV show, and they're like, yeah, and they even made a TV series about their actions. And this is like the show you think would exist in a made-up movie to retell like the actions of what happened, if that makes any sense, what I'm trying to tell you. It's like a it's like a biopic TV series inside of an already fictional movie. That's what this all feels like it feels like fake and goofy but they're trying to be serious but it's all goofy all at the same time and it, yeah it all really kind of comes down to a joke like i already mentioned uh kate mckinnon playing uh carol baskin it all like y- you just expect her to be, go into like a character like she'd play on snl i mean she played the part great and like you know they try to do they talk more about the romance between howard and carol and i, and I have to say uh, like, lesbian women, like, playing, like, in, like, a character as, like, a boring straight couple, they play, like, those boring women perfectly. I don't know what it is in the DNA, but it's always that, like, uh, Fortune Femster does it. She's like, oh, Tim, quit tickling my leg. If you've ever seen anything she posts on Instagram, which is really good. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, just, this all seemed like a, a joke movie or TV show inside of a TV show or something like that. It's kind of funny, you know, like how in Seinfeld they create a show called Jerry. They're trying to pitch a TV show called Jerry inside a show already called Seinfeld, and you know it's just kind of similar to that. Uh, Joe Exotic was played by John Cameron Mitchell, and I've never heard of him, but he's done some big things that I did not write down uh, for it. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought I heard Nicolas Cage was going to play Joe Exotic, but I don't know where that came, where that went. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of similar to the like way he played Joe Exotic. It's similar to the documentary series. Like, you you know Joe's a bad person in the original series. Uh, and, like, you know, Carol is supposed to be the good, the good guy. 
but Carol is a horrible human being as well as Joe Exotic. So you root for Joe just because he's like, just because, I don't know, he has more charisma than Carol. Because Carol Baskin, like, if you don't know, she she really is a shitty person. Like, people who've known her, people who've dated her, uh, yeah, and people know her. Like, she doesn't pay her employees. She barely knows their names. Uh, like, people she works with closely. And she's just a cold, bad person. Uh, so, like, they, they made the series similar to that, where you want to root for Joe, but, and because he's also, like, the little guy, and because... Joe, even though he didn't pay them much, he still tried to pay his employees and treat them well. Uh, like, you know, we're a family here. You know, you're probably an ex-con or whatever, can't get work, and I'll tell your parole officer wherever the hell you need me to tell them. Uh, yeah. This is the type of guy you get. And then Carol's just like, I'm not paying you. You're lucky if I even get to know your name. Uh, and they even kind of went over, you know, they went over both Carol and Joe's backstories. Like, Carol was in two bad relationships before she met uh, Howard... <laughs> Howard Baskin, and, you know, she liked Howard because he was kind of boring, but he liked, he was nice to her and shit like that. You know, they made their romance a lot better. Um, and then they had this weird thing, you know, Carol had these, like, nightmares about alligators, like, she had to face off against, which I think was supposed to be something in regards to how she fed Dawn's body to alligators, you know, stuff like that. So, um... So, yeah, but no, I do think that Kate McKinnon at playing Carol Baskin was a perfect choice. Uh, I mean, she's she's very good at playing characters. Obviously, she's from SNL, uh, even be on that show. And she's obviously even a standout human being on SNL as well. And I know we'll all remember her from like, oh, yeah, she was on SNL. She was great when she was on SNL. And then she's going to she's done other stuff, too. And we're like, yeah, she's great. Um, but, yeah, no, like I said, like, like if you've researched Carol at all and met with other people who know Carol Baskin and know her at all. Uh, they all describe her as a very unpleasant, terrible person. But, like, she does have, like, a passion for rescuing big cats and saving big cats, and they do show that well uh, within this documentary, but at the same time, like, you don't want Carol to win. And then they, like, make it out to her at the end, like, you should feel sorry for her. It's like, everyone hates me. Uh, Doc Antle, Joe Exotic, Jeff Lowe, they're all out to get me, and they all hate me. And I'm like, I mean they wouldn't hate you because like the, most of them, at least to some extent really do care for animals and want to like take care of animals. Like, uh, like I think, uh, Lauren Lowe, that's Jeff Lowe's wife that she just turned 30. So they, I don't know. They might not be together much longer. Uh, just saying, uh, but like she was mentioning like with the dead, like dead tigers, you know, they show in the thing that Lauren was like, yeah, they were perfectly healthy and really good, you know. I mean, like, at some at some persistent level, they do care for these animals, but they may not be doing some of the best things uh, with that. So, I mean, and I think Car the reason why people hate Carol and everyone's against Carol is because she is an unpleasant person. And, is, and literally, you know she is a bad person. They show that to her, like, when someone was having a hard time, she owns property, and someone was having a hard time paying, like, their rent or whatever. And Carol's like, well, you have 15 days, or I'm going to kick you out. And, like, Carol, can you be reasonable? And stuff like that. Like, she is an unpleasant bad person. And they focus a little bit on that in the show, but, like, not enough. Like, really, because in, in my mind, if you're going to make this in the end of whatever you're making, you have to admit Carol's a bad person, and Joe is a bad person. It's two bad people going against each other. That's how I'd make it. But they kind of make it in the end that Carol won, and Carol's the hero of it all. I mean, like, Joe just did a dumb thing and didn't, did a really dumb thing, stuff like that. Like, try to hire someone to kill Carol, and uh, 
It didn't work. Um, and other characters that I don't really have much to do, uh, I thought Nat Wolf of the Naked Brothers Band really did uh, Travis's death really well. I think they kind of they kind of did some voiceover stuff like about how Travis like came to Oklahoma and like you meet someone who really saved your life, and then you know, and his death was like hundred percent had to be an accident. It's like, don't worry, won't go off unless it's loaded, and then he accidentally shoots himself, and like it's really sad. Uh, you know, they made Jeff Lowe and Howard Baskin cooler. I've already mentioned that. They made them way cooler than they actually are, which is, like, really funny. I think that's just the power of good, like, actors who are cool. And it's, like, you know, they can they can understand a character what? and, like, try and do them justice and, like, do them good. But, like, if you're cooler than the artist or the person you're playing, uh, it's hard to come across as that. I mean, that was, like, my biggest complaint with uh, Jessica Chastain playing Tammy Faye. Like, Jessica Chastain is a goddess. Who, which I have already said on record, but we'll say it again, if she was selling her used underwear, I would buy it. I think that's the only person I'd really buy it from. I mean, like, I'd have to imagine, like, even her smelly parts have to smell good, right? That's besides the point. Um, but if you're a redhead, hit me up. DMs are open. Uh, they also made Alan Glover, uh, the bald guy who was supposed to who was, a, who was hired to kill Carol, uh, they made him way more tough and intimidating than he actually is. Like, you watch the documentary, I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, this guy's probably killed someone, but, like, he, he kind of seems like a softie in real life, though. Like, he's really a soft guy. He's, he has Hagrid abilities. Like, you know, like, that's why he never really went through with actually trying to kill Carol. And he's like, I don't really want to do this, you know? Like, shit like that. Even then, he's like, Oh, I can't be seen with a gun. Uh, it's my par- I'm on parole, and it's like you're going to kill someone. <laughs> I don't, you know. It's like I'm going to kill. You're going to kill someone. You're worried about like breaking your parole at this point, or whatever. Um, and also, I think the last person I want to talk about, Saf, uh, who formerly was Kelsey, who he lost his arm with a tiger. I think he Saf was formerly Kelsey. So if you remember from the original documentary. Uh, Saf uh, lost his arm to a tiger, uh, and you know they like Carol tried to make it off. as like, yeah, they're they're they don't know what they're doing because that happened. I'm like, that could happen at a normal zoo too. Like, you could lose your arm at a normal zoo to a tiger. You just uh, something you know that's an accident that happens. And you know, like Saf was very well. He was very well trained to do it. But they made him made Saf a he throughout the entire thing, which I don't know when Saf transitioned or came out or decided to be like, I'm going as he, him or whatever. But you know, they just were like he, him, the entire thing. I'm like, Oh, okay. I thought that was really cool. Really respectable. Uh, but besides that though, uh, if you're bored, watch this and you have the Peacock account, don't sign up for Peacock to watch this. I mean, it's not that good, but if you really, really, really like Tiger King and you're still somewhat interested in it, you, you could enjoy it. Next thing I watched uh, on Discovery Plus. I may be the only, one of the few people in the world who has Discovery Plus, but anyways, though, they just uploaded. Uploaded is that how we're? They just uploaded like it was on YouTube or whatever. Uh, they just released a documentary. I think it might be a Discovery Plus original. Not one hundred percent sure. They have a ton of channels on there. Uh, Hillsong, a mega church exposed, which. Uh, I, for those of you who don't know, if you're new to the show or don't, if you somewhat new to the show, I 
grew up super Christian. Like I'll say, I think I stopped with the Christian shit. Um, I think it was 23. I'm 28, going to be 29 in August. So, I mean, I've been out of it for a couple of years now. Um, and so I, I definitely on the ex evangelical system. And, uh, when a lot of this was big and stuff like that, I was kind of there for the most part and kind of knew at least something was going on. And, uh, yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the Christian, and I was full, let, I went full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Uh, into it, like, like, for the longest time. So if I'm making fun of this shit, uh, hopefully you know that uh, I was in, I was into this, and so I do have somewhat of a, something good, something to say uh, when I talk about this, but uh, hopefully, yeah, I will, uh, I want to talk about this uh, documentary. Not a lot of things in this, like, surprise me too much, I know. Uh, mega churches are really when they're talking about like, yeah, they're only into it for the money and they're only into it, uh, for fame and fortune. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. But there's some other shit here. I'm like, not a lot, not a lot of things in this surprised me that much. Uh, just to kind of be, uh, kind of be honest with you. Um, you know, before, before watching this, what I know of Hillsong is I know that I knew there were a church. I knew they had like a kind of college type thing out in, uh, Australia, and there's probably one timeline where I actually went out there uh, to that to you know that timeline uh, to to do that because at one point I think I might have been like a worship leader, like study to like a Christian college to be a worship leader or whatever. You know, there, there's a uh, there's a timeline where I became that, and uh, so yeah, so I always knew Hillsong from the music. They always and their conferences, and they always had these. They they always went really well on the radio. I should ask my friend Chris. He's been working in Christian radio forever at this point. And, uh, like, you know, they always they always had big hits on, you know, Christian radio. And uh, so, like, a lot of churches would be playing their shit and stuff like that. Um, and they had conferences, too. I know. I think Passion was one of theirs. I don't think Passion was one of theirs. But probably their millions of songs or they performed there. At the, so, you know, Hillsong is big. I probably learned at least like 50 plus of their songs in my lifetime. And you're like, that's a lot of songs. I'm like, not really for me. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like they, they record all their music. They get all their albums are recorded live, which um, if you don't know, uh, if you're recording a live album, uh, minus the people on stage making sure they play everything really well, um, is very easy because a lot of times you just set up like a couple mics or get a direct feed into like Pro Tools or Logic or something, and that's that's yeah. You just record it live, uh, do some a little bit of editing. I've heard bands they record an album live, burn the CDs, and then they're selling the CDs at the show you were at like that fast. Like it was insane. Um, so yeah, I've always known Hillsong for the music. Um, I know in like the 2010s and shit like that. Uh, their church was really big, and uh, what was I trying? To, yeah, their their uh, their church was really big, and I remember, uh, you know, Chris Pratt was was joining them, which now we figured out. Pretty sure he was like having multiple different affairs at uh, there. I know Carl Lentz, he which we're going to be talking about a lot. He was he was a big celebrity password and past password pastor, and he was always hanging out with like Justin Bieber and. Uh, other people like that. So he was big, like Justin Bieber's pastor and stuff like that. Back when I used to like watch, like 
read everything from Relevant Magazine, which I recently, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, this, this stuff sucks. After, I, because I think what, I, what I'll admit to, like, I really stopped doing the Christian shit when Trump became president. I'm like, even, like, the progressive churches that aren't against Trump are all in it for money. Like, that's what they're all into and shit like that. And it was just disgusting uh, to me. And I was like, I'm out of church. I'm like, uh, if you want to ask my, my beliefs, uh, we can do that in another podcast. Uh, but for the most part, um, yeah, I was just really disgusted. And, uh, you you know, you, it mainly goes over Carl Lentz and Brian Houston. Uh, going over Carl Lentz to begin with, uh, he, there was like a picture of him like hanging out with Justin Bieber. There's a million pictures of him with Justin Bieber and like, his pants are sagged a little bit, so you can see, see his dick V, which people who are in really good shape, like, they have the dick V, which women do like, but I'm like, don't you want a guy who's a little bit thicker? Because if he has a little bit of a stomach, he'll binge drink with you. He's not going to pressure you too much on your body, or at all on your body. And uh, when you get drunk, you just get to eat a lot of food. Uh, saying that from experience, ladies. Um, but yeah, no, like, you look at him. And he's, like, a super pretentious human being. Like, uh, I guess there was, like, they talked about a, like, Instagram account called Preachers and Sneakers. And they would just, like, find the sneakers or whatever shoes and clothing the, these pastors were wearing. And then they post, like, the price of it and stuff like that. And so he'd be wearing, like, these, he's trying to be, like, this very hip, trendy, uh, celebrity pastor type guy. Wearing thousands of dollars worth of clothing, which we later learned paid with church funds, which is not how you're supposed to be spending church funds unless it goes to your paycheck and then you buy it from there. But uh, church funds would try to make it so these pastors looked really good. And, you know, you meet people in the way they dress, you know, Nashville and stuff like that. Uh, they just, if you look kind of pretentious, if you dress kind of pretentiously, you are pretty pretentious. That's just how it is. I'm so happy I'm not in like the Christian scene anymore. Because those people just annoy me. Annoy me the fucking... Like, you have to dress a certain way and shit like that. Um, but uh, he... The, the best thing ever was he was always talking shit on people who were having premarital sex and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Like, that was his big thing. I don't, he's probably homophobic, too. But he was always talking shit on people who were into premarital sex. And that was his downfall because they talked about like an affair he had with a girl. It's really sad because this girl was like just with him or whatever. And then he was like telling her shit like, I have a family to go back to. You have no one. And it's like, okay, bitch, whatever. Like he's just a big dick. I mean, like if you weren't such a dick to people you were counseling, you're like premarital sex is bad and we need you to break up because you're having premarital sex. But then you're going out doing this shit. Just my thing is, if you're a pastor and you're somehow stumbling across this, if you're doing, like, a shitty thing, you know, that's technically not good for the bi in the Bible or whatever, don't preach about it. Just kind of try to avoid it, you know? That's what I'm saying. So when you get caught with it, people are not going to make a big deal about what you're doing. What? Because uh, you're like, well, he wasn't... Like, when you're adamant about something and then you get caught doing that thing, it's bad. And I'm just saying, like, if you're going to have an affair on your wife, don't try to do millions of sermons about having premarital sex or cheating on your wife or whatever. Just a, just a suggestion out there um, for all the pastors out there being shitty. And so 
Uh, I guess he got, he eventually got fired from Hillsong, but it was also a weird thing where like they, Hillsong does like try to cover up a lot of the bad, dirty shit they do. Like you hear all these women talking about like getting sexually assaulted by Hillsong people and they try to sweep it under the rug and stuff like that just to make sure that the Hillsong brand is good and stuff like that. So, so yeah, they fired him because they think he was probably going to break off and try to do his own thing. You know, which if you're Carl Lentz, it's probably a good idea. Uh, but Brian Houston, you know, like they're hiding all these. They had this one girl on there. She was talking about being like sexually assaulted. She was mainly getting groped. So she wasn't technically raped, but enough where it's like, hey, I'm uncomfortable because a guy was really drunk, which that's weird when you're drunk because I'm, I, I'm, I think drunk sex is overrated. Sorry. To offend some of you. Uh, white people, white people. That was way too close to... Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. Uh, just because it's hard to get your pee-pee hard when you're, when you're drunk. Now, some of you be thinking, I don't have that problem. I take heavy antidepressants. So, sober me can sometimes have that problem. So, uh, that's, that's my thing. Um, anyways, though, drunk sex is overrated, folks. That's all I have to say. And you're not smart. Just send your dumb text. That's all you have to do. Um, and they just do that. And then the biggest, I mean, obviously their college is also bullshit too. What did they do in their college? They made people red light, or like a green light or red light them. Like, did you have premarital sex in the past year? Did you have, uh, did you smoke a cigarette in the past year? And like, these kids are like Christians. So they want to answer honestly. And they're like, I would have just lied to be just to make things easy. Like, honestly. That's what I would have done, but, uh, no, uh, and to be honest, all the people they interviewed on this part, a lot of good-looking people here, and I have to, and I'm not shaming anyone who they interviewed on, the sh on this show, but, uh, probably intentional of Hillsong trying to show off a lot of the good-looking people, or very much recruiting a lot of good-looking people, it's just, it's just helping them sell their brand, um, and then they finally, I think the final thing was Frank Houston, um, uh, what was his fucking name, Brian Houston? Brian Houston, yeah, his dad, way too into kids, like, sounds like that was all he was attracted to, and, like, they did a, they recorded a, like, when he was, like, kind of kicked off of every, of Hillsong, and then he did a guest sermon somewhere else, and he's like, they got the recording of him talking about all these kids being good-looking in front of them, I'm like, bro, I'm like, I love my dad, and if, if I, if I found out my dad just doing that shit. I'm like, look, I don't condone anything my father did. And his dad's dad, so you can say whatever the fuck you want about your dad. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't condone what my dad did, and I'm very ashamed. That does not represent our brand. And we tried to make sure we took care of that back then, and we still try to live up to that now. I feel like their PR isn't handling things the best way. They're trying to do what's an easy fix, but it's not the best way to handle a situation. Which, that's how we're ending this. I want to know your opinions for anyone watching uh, or listening. What, how would you think Hillsong should have handled all the sexual assault, all the cheating, and all the bad shit they did to try to make themselves a better product? Like, I don't think there is any, like, good situation they could have got themselves into, but, uh, you know, um... That's my hole. That's where it spits. <laughs> when an enemy shoots at you, you pull out your Captain America shield. 
When Doc Ock attacks you on a bridge, you control the nanobots from your iron spider suit to control his arms. So why are you allowing all these websites to store your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. But wait, there's more. By using our link in the description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Anything can be delivered to you these days. Beds, bananas, bricks, and even boxes of beans. But what about alcohol? Yes, even alcohol can be delivered to you thanks to today's sponsor, Drizzly. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it is being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Okay, so it's time for Ask Shweezy, uh, the part of the show where you send me some questions, where I find questions, and then I answer them for all of you, because I'm probably the only person in your life who knows how to answer these questions. Let's just be honest, I'm the only one who knows you, strangers out there. I know how the human mind works, and I know how hair works, and that's why I always adjust it every time I'm doing the show. Anyways, though, uh, as Philip DeFranco would say... Let's just jump into it. Okay. Oh boy, we're just going straight downhill. Uh, First question in. How does one utilize a glory hole? Recently, I've been wanting to suck a dick at a glory hole. I don't know why the thought just turns me on. I know of a location near me, but I don't know anything about how it works. Do I just walk in and say I want to use the hole? Is there a certain way you go about it? So, I don't know why I'm going to be answering this question. Because I don't know how a glory hole, <laughs> the the logistics of how a glory hole works. I just assume, uh, I really hope you're a man. I think, I don't think any woman wants to be sucking dick in a glory Man, you didn't put your gender down, did you? Oh, boy. Um, so in my imagination of how it works, if you're the, the sucker in the situation, um, You'd assume you maybe hear someone on the other side of the glory hole, stick your hand in, and you 
point your finger out and tell them to come closer. Easier for the video people. Uh, me, I'm doing like a one finger come here type of thing on uh, that. That's that's uh, I think that's the that's the way to do it. Um, but yeah, that's how I assume it happens. Uh Never had to use a glory hole, mainly because, uh, at least in my mind, with the glory hole, is uh, it's only a man on the other side. You want it to be a woman, but it's a man. And I know some people are like, well, that's the mystery. You can always pretend it's a woman, but then it's like, it's like you're getting your dick sucked, but you don't know it's on the other side. There, I mean, I guess, I guess I get the mystery to it, but at the same time confused and I'm not I'm not even like qualified to answer this question to be honest with you uh do I walk in and say I want to use the hole I don't know if there's like a rule like that uh you just walk in and be like I want to use the glory hole um giving or receiving because I assume uh glory holes the way they function is like an unspoken thing where like I said if you want if you want to be the sucker you put your hand in, like I say, you point to yourself, and uh, and that's kind of the cue to stick your dick in the hole. Um, never heard of anyone, like I probably know a lot of guys who'd be like, I'll stick my dick in a glory hole. It's like, well, what if it's a man on the other side? I'm like, well, I don't know that. That's the mystery. That's the that's the fun of the glory hole. Like, whatever they said on, uh, what's the what's the show? Um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Whatever, I guess that's, that's the glory of the glory hole. You never know who's on the other side. You never know what's going to do. Um, I guess you know someone who works in there. Um, my guess would be go to one of the sides of the glory hole. Wait for someone to come in. Put your hand in the glory hole. Tell them to come near you. And then... Uh, if a dick pops in the hole, you, you, do, your, you do your thing. And uh, that's how that works, and you know that's my hole. That's where it spits. Finally, that that soundbite has come in handy. We can finally use that appropriately. Um, I hope whatever the hell I said helps you. I don't know how to. We're just gonna transition to the next question. Do you actually judge fat people eating in public places? I've been fat my whole life, and I feel like everybody is judging me when I eat in public places. Like, if I'm eating something healthy, they look at me and go, look at this girl, acting like she's got this big by eating these. Or if I eat fast food, they go, look at her, so fat and still keeps eating fast food. Do you actually think something like that? Um, so the first thing I want to say is that, uh, to be honest with you, no one thinks that, like, we all think about ourselves mostly. We rarely think about other people. Um, I'm the rare exception. I get annoyed with other people sometimes who just do. But that's more thinking about how, how they're acting towards me, uh, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, it's just like you're acting uh, very peculiar towards me right now in this very moment. And, uh, yeah, but to be honest with you, you, you got to remember so I think I always want to remember people like when you're insecure about something in yourself, no one gives a shit about you for the most part. Everyone's always thinking about themselves. Um, I don't know how fat you are. It's also, I'm also want to say that, uh, you said you're fat and 
there's different kinds of fat. Like, I, I'm fat. I used to be fatter. And uh, I think I'm a little, I might be a little uh, bloated today. Been drinking a little bit uh, in the last couple days and such like that. Um, so that's, 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 you know, that's one thing. Um, uh, so yeah, the thing is, I don't know. Also, you know, in determining factors, I don't know how fat you are. Are you on the my 600 pound life spectrum of being fat? It sounds like you're able to get into fast food restaurants. So just making that guess from there, I'm guessing you're probably not struggling to walk. You're probably not immobile. You're not into that. So you're probably just, you know, uh, I'm going to assume that you're probably a little less fat than my friend, uh, which I will not even say his nickname I have for him. He had an ex-girlfriend who was uh, 280 pounds shorter than I am. Uh, so less than at least, well, I'm like 12 feet tall, but uh, uh, she was she was the height of a woman uh, and 280 pounds. And uh, now he does not like fat women. Which is, which is good. I'm glad he he's married and his wife is great and not fat at all. And uh, so it is really funny. So uh, if you're fat like her, like no one's gonna give a shit about you eating fast food. I really think though. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know you and I don't know how fat you are. I think people are gonna be really judgmental uh, about your fatness and eating fast food. Uh, I think when it gets to a place where uh, you're barely making it inside the restaurant to to eat. And even then, it's like a lot of times you'll probably drive through because then you have to get out, go to the counter, get your food, then leave. Uh, and most people who are the point of being fat where there's a judgment going on about them are not able to do what you're doing. If you're able to make it inside the restaurant, stand in line, order your food, get your food, make it to the table, sit down, eat, uh, finish your food, throw everything in the trash, and then leave and walk. If you're walking fine, people probably don't give a shit. Honestly, you're probably at a point where it's like, oh, you're probably considered fat, but no one's making, like, fat judgments about you eating fast food, to be honest with you. Uh, because most of these people you would judge for eating fast food are immobile. Uh, the reason why we, I mean... One of the many reasons we have drive throughs in the first place, because that way they don't have to get out of their car to get food uh, and stuff like that. If you, like I say, I'm, I'm just making a, a point here. Like, you're probably like me and probably need to lose some pounds. Uh, it hasn't been easy when you eat a lot of garbage food recently, like me. But, um, yeah, I'm going to guess you're not as fat as you think you are. Uh, that's why I always suggest everyone watch My 600 Pound Life or any of the fat shows on TLC because it makes you feel a lot better about yourself and also, like, helps you lose weight. It's a great meal to... It's great to eat and watch that show. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's my thoughts here. You're probably not as fat as you think you are. People always think about themselves for the most part. And, uh... And, and yeah... Uh, I don't know. That's probably my thing. And also, I, I should probably end with this. I remember thinking about this when I wrote this, got this all organized or whatever. Um, I I generally have a rule where I don't fat shame people I don't know. Like, if you, you have fat friends, fat shame them all you want because you love them, you want them to be healthy. But if it's people you don't know, like, you can't fat shame someone because you could see someone 
say you see a 300-pound person walking around, and in your mind, which is okay to think things in your mind, just don't say it out loud. Uh, as long as you don't say it out loud, it's not a sin, according to Jesus. Uh, you, you, you see someone who's like 300 pounds walking around, and you're like, man, that guy's fat. But what you don't know is that guy used to be 400 pounds and is getting ready for gastric bypass surgery so he can take care of himself. That's why you don't do that to people you, know, you don't know. But when it's your friend who just overeats every day and doesn't do anything but smoke weed and drink all day long, and that's all they do, and they wonder why they can't lose weight, that's the person you should fat shame, not the person you don't know. Only fat shame people you do know. That's like a lesson uh, for everyone. And therefore, we can move on. Is it common to really dislike your first name? I have a really uncommon, hippie-sounding first name. Think something related to astrology, stars, etc. While the meaning is pretty beautiful, I've always hated being the guy with a weird name. Plenty of people believe I'm non-binary because how odd it is, not sounding male nor female, and that it's not an actual birth name. Online, I usually avoid telling people my real name and use a nickname. I made up that sounds closer to the actual guy's name, e like even to people I grew close to. I wonder if they're are other people like me. Um, so I'm somewhat similar to you. Like, here's here's one thing I always want to talk about with people, uh, with names and stuff like that. Um, here, like, I know there's a lot of people born with, like, really stupid names, and, uh, not, I don't want to be the guy getting into race or anything, but I know, uh, for, from my black friends know that, uh, you know, if you have a very black-sounding name, it's a little bit harder to get real professional jobs, especially ones, like, you know, you meet people people who are, they are black, but they're very qualified for a job, but they can't get it because they do have a black sounding name. Uh, you know, it's something like that. And, you know, that's the parents, your that's the name your parents gave you. And the thing with names I've always, always wanted to think about is you, uh, you know, you don't get to pick the birth name you have. So, you know, I, I think about it a lot like gender, at least, you know, with gender, you're, I mean, I mean, I know everyone, you can be whatever gender you want, and I'm always fine with that. You can transition. Uh, that's not what we're talking about, but you're going to be born one gender. Like, we have two genders that you're going to be born as. That's just how life works. Uh, you're going to be born as male or male or female, as Ben Shapiro would say. And uh, if you want to change it when you get older, go for it. You know, that's how I always think about it. And I think about that a lot as, you know, when we think about names. And uh, you're going to be born a name, and... Uh, you know, when you get to a certain age, uh, you know, typically with uh, like going to college in like a new town or whatever is a perfect time to transition that because you don't have to be called the name you were born as. Uh, I mean, my my Christian name, uh, I like to call it Christian name is like your birth name. Uh, my, my real name is Sam. And uh, really not a lot of people call me that. Like uh, my friends don't, most of my majority of my friends call me Schweg or Schweezy, uh, but usually like Schweg, that's like the normal name I go by, and then Schweezy's the stage name, which is, which I always tell people, I used to be the Sam Schwegler Project, and now it's Schweezy, and I think, yeah, it's always nice to have your stage name be different from your real name, it just makes things less complicated in your real life, um, so yeah, but no, I hear people all the time changing their name, my music teacher, she started going by a different name when she started college, and you know, Stuff like that. I always, like I always say, like college is a good place to start going by a new name. Uh, yeah, you don't have to go by your birth name. That's always something I really think people should really understand. Your birth name is just what your parents 
named you and called you. But as you no longer are really like when you lit, you know, when you're under your parents' care as a kid, you know, you know, you have your name, but then you become an adult. You don't have to go by that name anymore. Like you should be able to, I mean, at some point you, you have your legal name and as an adult, you can change your name. You can have people refer to you as another name. You can even legally change your name if you want to. It's just kind of, and you know, people talk about like your first 18 years of life, that's your free trial. And then uh, once you're 18 or 21, that's when the real thing begins or whatever. And then, yeah, change your name if you want to. Like I said, if you're an adult, um, like what it sounds like it is to you and you don't like your real name, go by a different name. Find a name that you like and go by it. And, you know, at first your friends are going to have a weird time with it. Your family's going to maybe have a weird time with it. My family still calls me Sam, everyone in my family, because it's just uh, it's not something I really care about. One, because I go by Schweg, which is my last name. Uh, it's a little different when other people have that same last name. Uh, you can't really go by that, so... It's just, you know that, but yeah, no, I 100% believe, and I always give people nicknames, so I'm not really one to judge. I, like I say, uh, as, as someone wiser than me once said, Man proposes and God disposes. So, yeah, um, like I said, go by a name that you like, what you're comfortable with. You're a fucking adult. Uh, when you're an adult, and the people don't realize, when you're an adult, go by whatever name you want to go by. That's your choice. It's your rules. Uh, changing your name is not just for... Uh, the trans people. It is for all of us. All of us, you can be a cis male like me, the ones who run the world, and we get to, we can change our names if we want to as well. It's, uh, it's, uh, life is what we make it, so let's make it rock, as Hannah Montana once said. Number four. What age do kids usually start taking full responsibility of their own hygiene without needing to be asked or supervised? This is a weird question because I have friends with teenagers and they're like, they're, they're always curious about like when you start being more clean and shit like that. So uh, let me talk about my own journey. Um, I've always, my parents kind of always forced me to at least take a shower every day. And I remember at one point I was a really young kid. Remember I was really young kid. I was, I had to be under 12 at this point. I really, I really had to be 12, 11, or 10. I, I think maybe 10 or 9. And, like, I would always take showers, but it would just be water or whatever. They were actually cleaning myself. And I remember one day, I was like, mm, what if I use my body wash? And then I used body wash, and I just saw, like, the water all really dark. It's like, ew. I'm going to start doing this every day. So that's one thing got me uh, to get into that shit. I know... And when you like, what age do kids usually start taking, you know, your, their hygiene... You you have a son, <laughs> like you're, you're talking about a son. I feel like this is a mother wanting to know information about their son, and that's the real question. And it's kind of a scary answer for me to give because the answer I want to give you, I mean, that's I mean what I would at least say, and at least in my experience, is uh, when they want to start impressing girls and start uh, talking to girls and all that stuff. Uh, that's when most boys, I'm saying a majority of boys, will really try to take care of their hygiene because they really want to impress girls. And if a girl, and I mean, I think this has probably happened to me once, you go to a girl and they tell you you smell, you're going to remember that for the rest of your life, and you're always going to try to make yourself clean. I'm, I'm kind of a guy, I get sweaty super easily. I try to make my life in... Uh, 
revolve my life in a situation where if I'm going to get sweaty, I plan it out. And uh, I can smell really bad really quick. And uh, it's like, it's definitely something I've gotten a lot better with it. It's like, if I'm not doing anything someday, I can skip a shower. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty oily too, uh, as the QAnon believers say in the comments when I talk shit about QAnon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no. So, um, needing to be supervised. I don't know how old your kid is. I'm really hoping they're like seven. That's what I'm really hoping. Close to seven. I'm really hoping you're asking this question as they're close to seven. But to be honest, you got to hope they want to try to impress, uh, women. Um, most men, I don't know how men are attracted. Well, most of the gay men I know, I don't know if it's different now because everyone's gay. Uh, but gay men are usually a little more hygienic too. So that's a plus. Uh, but yeah, when they want to get women and and then that's the scary part, you meet like those, you know, you know, the weird guys in anime and smell really bad and don't shower and shit like that. That's the scary part. And I don't know what's going through their minds. Maybe there's some people who really don't like cleaning themselves. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal is one of them and he's just lucky that he's hot. I know Matthew McConaughey doesn't really shower much, but people don't think he smells bad, so he's very, he's, he's in a weird lucky spot. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, only thing I can really tell you, uh, in, in a hopeful idea, and maybe you can try to, uh, guilt trip and gaslight in a little bit, because gaslighting in emotional bad ways is bad, but gaslighting to get a son to shower regularly um, ends justify the memes, as I like to say. Uh, hopefully, when you have a child who is interested in women, you can be like, women do not like smelly men. Therefore, you need to shower. Hopefully, that works. That's going to be the best advice, really, I can give you, to be honest with you. Um, so, I really hope that is the best answer, but then you have those weird... If they're in anime, you're going to have to force them to shower. That's just how it is. I don't make those rules. I'm sorry. What do college music programs really look for in prospective students, especially those that have voice as their primary instrument? Are there standards that of the voice and other big singing competitions? I know I can sing, but all I can show for it is natural talent since I never had experience with any form of vocal coaching. All of the people tell me that I'll do well, but what if I don't? I'm currently interested in any other major. Currently interested in Okay. Um, so uh for those of you who don't know, I'm qualified to answer this question. I have a bachelor's degree in music. I studied voice, but my main focus was uh music production and music composition. Uh, but I did have to study voice. I had to pass a exam like a sophomore exam, making sure I can pass as a vocal student. And I took the same exam exam as like all these students who wanted to be uh professional opera singers and shit like that. So I can tell you, at least in regards to voice, uh, I do know I'm talking about voice and guitar. I can probably tell you anything about, um, what I'm going to tell you here is you you are talking about like the voice. I'm assuming you're talking like American Idol and the X factor and shit like that as, uh, (laughs) is it similar to that? No. Uh, Going to school for music as a vocal major is not at all that similar to the voice. Now, I will say The Voice and other shows like that do, they do and will recruit people who have degrees in voice and 
people who are really good singers. However, how the voice works is a lot of those people in behind the scenes are recruited for that show. A lot of people have somewhat of a career before they go on TV shows like The Voice. It's just really helping their career. They may have agents. They may be uh, regulars at a certain bar or something like that. So I would say dismiss yourself in your mind that getting into school for music is similar to The Voice or American Idol or any show like that at all because that is not going to help you in regards to the advice I'm going to give you right now. Um, you're talking about natural talent. Were you, I don't know if you were ever in like your choir or you did solos and ensembles or anything vocal related in your school. Um, so I don't know that. That's going to be information. I don't know if you, you were in a choir, you have a vocal teacher. Uh, you say you don't, you never... Like you, you're similar to that, so you don't have any experience. Um, let's talk about what a music teacher is going to expect out of you or the audition process. Because I auditioned for college back around almost actually, I think it's probably been around 10 years ago. So when you're looking into a vocal program, um, there, when you're talking about your vocal teachers now, I kind of understand what they're talking about, but I guess I can't really think fully. Um, you're going to audition to get into music school. Uh, they're going to, they're going to, there's a couple things they're probably looking for, looking for. Because there's this idea, they're going in with the idea that you may, partway through or halfway through or anything similar to that, may switch majors and not actually want to study voice anymore. They're thinking about that. They're, they're wanting to look for someone a little bit more committed to it, and if you look committed and you're performing like you're a committed individual, that is something they're going to really look into. Uh, they they're also looking for they're not even there's part of it they want to look for what talent you have going into the program. So they're thinking about how how good you are of a musician before we even accept you. They want to know your skill level. They want to know how good of a musician you are before we will let you into this program because. When you're a vocal teacher and you understand at what skill level your student is, especially as a new vocal teacher going into a new program, they're going to want to know how good this student is and where am I going to have to work on with this student. Uh, so you want to make sure someone at least is somewhat qualified to be a student in this school and uh, to be to be one of my students. You want to make every teacher wants to be like, I think that person has potential, and they're looking at potential too, and I think that's the really last thing I want to say in regards, especially to a vocal major. They want to look at your potential. They want to know where you are right now and what your potential is. So they're kind of, they have to look at that, and looking at where your potential will be is kind of, it's like a game, it's like Shark Tank. If you ever watch Shark Tank where they're trying to think of a product, that's why, you know, I think Mark Cuban and all the other people, uh, they have to be, they have to be really smart when they come to, they have to think, this is a good product right now. I like this product. This is a good product. And that's a lot of products on Shark Tank. But what they have to think of, because just because it's a good product doesn't mean it's going to sell well and help them make more money. Because what they're thinking of is, I want to make a lot of money. And I have money up front right now. So if I put money into this product, then will I reap the rewards of what I'm trying to make with this? And that's kind of what they're thinking about, uh, you when you're auditioning. They want to see your potential. They want to know your current skill level. So I guess to sum it up, think about it like Shark Tank, where they're looking into you as uh, as your current the current product 
and they're looking for the potential of what we can gain from that. Um, I know I have friends with some music teachers, but uh, I guess they have more things to say. Uh, that's what I mean. That's the best thing I can say. What? Finish that off. Um, sixth question. Do guys care about slash notice self-harm scars at all, slash especially when hooking up? I've been clean from self-harm for less than a year, and I don't plan on doing it again. I'm in a better place now, but obviously I still have and will probably always have at least some of the scars on my wrist and thighs. Anyways, I've gotten a lot more sexually active in recent months, and every time I get with a new guy, I get nervous that they'll judge me or say something or something, and I don't want them to pity me or anything or talk about it really, so I don't know if it's a thing they'll really notice or think or care about, so I was always wondering if it's something I should worry about. <laughs> okay, I also want to say, someone on TikTok comments with this, if I'm reading something and it sounds like I'm reading on like a fifth grade level, I'm still reading everything perfectly. I'm just telling you. Um, uh, what? Uh, second of all, um, just looking into your question, you're talking about like hookups and shit like that. Um, so look, I I, I want to say this kindly and stuff like that, um, and to say this right. Um, to be honest, I've been really thinking about this lately. Things that women find insecure about their bodies, I don't think men really care about they're like i have a little bit of cellulite i don't want a man to see that and make me feel bad i'm gonna be like look i don't know what cellulite is and if you showed me cellulite on your body i probably wouldn't notice and i probably wouldn't care it is weird and like and it works the opposite way around too with men men are worried about their penis size because we're conditioned by porn that women need a massive hog and it's not at all because women can get off with you fingering them and uh your fingers aren't as big as your dick. That's how life is. Um, so, yeah, talking about what your situation is, um, hooking up and stuff like that, and they see your scars. Um, to be honest, with as a guy, we're just trying to get inside you, to be honest with you. Um, and if we see self-harm scars, um, you know, if, we, if they look like scars, though, like, we're probably going to be like, in our minds, we're like, oh, she might have had a problem with this in the past. And not really bring it up or anything like that, especially on a hookup. They're not going to bring that up because that sounds like a mood killer. And we're not trying to kill the mood. We're trying to get it in, uh, FYI. Now, if they look fresh, we may be concerned a little bit. Uh, the good guys, at least, will be concerned. The bad guys uh, still won't care, to be honest with you. They're still not going to care, and they're still going to move forward uh, with the situation. So, I mean, that's another thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say. Um, really, to sum of it up, like, what women are really insecure about, men probably don't care about, to be honest with you. Um, we just, we're just trying to get it in and get out. Uh, like the gas station, come and go, to make sense. So let's go on to our last question of the evening. What correlation is there, if any, between neckbeards and incels? Is there some of, some form, god damn it, now this is me reading badly. Is there some sort of relationship? Are the terms interchangeable? My knowledge is pretty limited. I know of the Milady meme. Is he a stereotypical incel or not necessarily? Thanks. Okay, so, to be honest with you, I do a neckbeard uh, and an incel with the differences now, there are neckbeards who are incels, 
but not all neck beards are incels. Like one thing like with incels is there could be a guy out there that who's really not that who doesn't look that bad that can still be an incel. Now, neck beards have a have an appearance to them. And to be honest with you, I've, you know, hung out with neck beards and stuff like that. There there can be really nice guys and stuff like that. The problem the problem is with neck beards um is that sometimes they don't shower. So like that they can be really great guys, but Sometimes they don't shower, and uh, they don't know how to groom their facial hair. Now, I'm not the best with my facial hair, but I try to keep it groomed and stuff like that. Uh, overall, though, you know, like, they try to have the chin strap and everything like that. And then there's the milady, because they all have a look, and they like to wear fedoras and stuff like that. But really, you know, I, I really want to say with neck beards, like, neck beards aren't that bad, guys. Like, if you're a woman, there's a me- there's a meme, which I like to bring up to friends, that uh, ladies, if you really... If you really want to get a boyfriend or get on a, get a date with a man, uh, I'm not telling you this is like the best quality of man, but you can find someone who is very nice to you and very sweet to you. You have to go to like a game shop, you know, where they play Magic the Gathering or some shit. Uh, go, go to the table where they're playing Magic the Gathering. Say, it's like, I've always wanted to learn how to play Magic the Gathering, but I nev- no one's ever been able to teach me. And then you'll be swarmed with guys. Uh, you find the least smelly one. A couple days later, he's going to tell you he has a crush on you. And, uh, yeah, you can have a man there. Like, I mean, he, he'll he be very nice to you. Thing is, neckbeards don't necessarily always feel entitled and shit like that. But uh, incels will feel entitled to you. Like I said, there are a lot of incels who are neckbeards, but not all neckbeards are incels, if that makes sense. It's kind of like, you know, like the voice gay men have. You know, they have a certain type of voice. It's like not all gay men have that voice. But only gay men have that voice. That's think about that as uh, similar to neckbeards. Uh, but no, I would say, uh, ladies, just because he's a neckbeard doesn't mean you shouldn't give him a chance. Now he could be an incel and a neckbeard. It's not uncommon for that. But sometimes you just meet guys who are neckbeards. Very very nice guys. Very cool. I'll hang out with a neckbeard. Being a neckbeard is not a disqualification from being my friend. Being an incel probably is, because I don't want to hear their fucking mantras and shit like that, but being a neckbeard is not, you know, something I would be against. Sometimes they're just a little fat, have bad facial hair, smell a little bit, wear a fedora. I mean, that's all it is, you know, if you want to know the difference, so I guess that's it. But thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cancel Sweezy. Like I said, it's the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. So thank you for listening. Go follow me on social media at the Sweezy. Check out my music under Sweezy. Hit me up on Twitch every Thursday and other days sometimes. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the Sweezy. What you can go ahead and do is if you have an tw- uh, Amazon Prime account, connect that to your Twitch, get a Twitch Prime, hit that subscribe button to make sure Jeff Bezos doesn't get an extra $5 a month. Also, support us on Patreon. Uh, That's a great way to financially support us and say thank you for being a friend. But uh, how we end the show, like always, we end it the correct way. So honk if you love butt drugs and uh, stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. 
hey, you just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much. Wherever you are listening or watching this show, make sure you smash that subscribe button that we can get notified anytime we release new episodes. And uh, like I said before, honk vila butt drugs and uh, stay awesome. <laughs>